TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and boy oh boy, episode 528, if you don't mind. Today we are talking all things lifespan and we are doing it with Australia's number one wellness expert. He is the longevity guru. He is Dr. Damien Christoph in a brand new abode, Damo. You're playing oh. house. How are you? Yeah, great. Thank you, PC. Yes, had uh, the move on the weekend, and uh, it's, a, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. Like you know, moving into your own home, as you did a little while ago, uh, This is, it's a great feeling. I feel like if I could be this happy at 110 years old, it would be worth it. So well, pretty happy. Well, That'll don't rely. Now 60 yeah. years old if I make it to 110. Well, don't rely on your happiness, says one article that has come out recently. Don't rely on anything other than your birth certificate mm-hmm. in order to know what your death certificate is going to be. Take all lifestyle factors, um, put them to one side and just play the game of mathematics. That's the next <laughs> bunch of clickbait longevity research that we're going to talk about today because you and I have come across, let's say, some interesting insights mm. that people have been devoting their entire lives to. Um, yes. This is this is an article out of Wired, which many people will know. We'll pop a link in the show notes. The title is The Quest for Longevity is Already Over. Uh, studying people who live well beyond the age of 100 could reveal the secret to living longer, healthier lives, but the statistics tell another story. Now, you and Amber are going to live in your brand new home, and congratulations to you both for, wow, you're 50 this year. So like you said, you know, six decades, but it could be seven, but we don't really know unless we believe the... uh, do, do we call him the number one longevity researcher on the planet, Jean-Marie Rabin, because he claims to be the man that uh, quantified Jean Calmont's um, age? Does he get the number one gig? Well, I don't know. Like, if you get something wrong, should you get the number one gig? <laughs> you know, should you be known to be number one? If you are paid to do a job and you get it wrong, should you be the number one. Should you be King Jaffy Jufa, ruler of Zamunda? Is that <laughs> who you should be? I would uh, say no, but I don't know who else is doing this work. And I also wonder how I, I love It's incredible to me, PC, because this body of work is unbelievable. I don't know what the value of it is. Like, I don't know what this actually does for humanity, but I love that someone's there punching out the maths trying to work out what nature already knows. I just, I think it's unbelievable. So this is, um, you know, this is a bit of a step back in time to episode 304 of 100 Not Out, which was called, if Google can show me, uh, well, just find episode 304 of 100 Not Out. 
Um, was Jean Calmont the oldest person who ever lived, or was it a fraud? Look, we and again, listen to that episode. We are of the view that it was a fraud. Uh, we agree with the independent research that was done that it was a fraud, and that Jean Calmont was Yvonne Calmont. Um, but Jean Marie Rabin is the the man who uh, what quantified? Is that the right term? Her age is that the right is that the right term that like legitimized her age at 122 years and 164 days? Uh, he validated it. He validated he it. That's he right. Validated. So, and yeah. then and then this was a few years ago. Now um, he came out and said all of that research is completely incorrect. Um, she definitely was. But interestingly, no one has ever outside of Jean Calmont lived past 120 years of age, birth certificate to death certificate. That being so. Um, now the latest clickbait longevity research is telling us that the quest for longevity is already over. And Damo, some of the stuff in this article does make it, um, you know, I, I scratch my head at the first one is the statistical puzzle. And I'd love to know what you think about this. Um, uh, Jean-Marie Robin is all about super centenarians, which I actually love. So the article begins by saying that there's over half a million centenarians in the world. So whoopee do you get to 100, you're one of 570,000 people in the world. Um, you know, let's look at the more exclusive group, which is the super centenarians age 110. Um, but the crux of the article is that to find out how long you're going to live, you know, when you get to 110, is just a numbers game based on everyone else that has lived to 110 and older. What what what's your view of this approach to longevity just by looking back at everyone else's lives and, and giving you a, a probability score um, based on everyone else? It's a really weird thing because you know you and I have discussed this over the years to try and work out what are the top three things that help you live a long time. And we've arrived at things that are um are not really that they're not tangible. So, um, I mean, movement's tangible. but well, They're individual, aren't they? They're very individual. Yeah. Purpose and engagement, you know, they're not tangible. So they're not things that you can actually grab and hold. Um, the things that you can do and the things that you can be, uh, excuse the workman in the background if anyone can hear those drill, those drills going. No, no, we're good. Uh, good. Um, but, you know, it's, I, when I hear that, it sounds so fatalistic. It sounds like it's all down to chance. You could be playing two up. And you know, <laughs> and you, you, and based on how long you stay in the game, could determine how long it is that you're going to live. Which would say that you could drink booze, you could get heart disease, you could have cancer and diabetes, you could have all of those things, and it still comes down to chance as to whether or not you would live to 100. Um, and I think that most people would say that any kind of chronic disease is more likely to take you off the planet earlier. But this argues. This data set argues that take away all those lifestyle factors, it all comes down to chance and um, and, and, and historical every, data and historical data. And essentially, it, well, I think his predictor is that there's, there's no way to predict it. So if you're a non-smoker, that's not a predictor of longevity. If you're a smoker, it's not a predictor of longevity. If you ate French fries, um, that's not a predictor of longevity. So his whole thing is that it's just that if you live another year, your chance of living another year after that decreases um, or your risk of dying increases until a certain age. So it, he's put it all down to chance, which I really struggle with. 
So if I can just go into audiobook mode for a moment, are you okay yeah. to read three paragraphs of this article just to oh, give I'm people um, yeah. a bit of the, the tone of the article? So here we go. If you've ever read an interview with a super centenarian, there is one question that will inevitably come up. What's the secret? Well, take your pick. The secret is kindness, not having children, connecting with nature, avoiding men or being married, smoking 30 cigarettes a day, not smoking 30 cigarettes a day, drinking whiskey, abstaining from alcohol altogether. We mine the lives of the super old for hints on how we should live our own. But this is the wrong way to approach the question, says Rabin. His style is to his style is to step back, take a look at how many super centenarians there have been and figure out when they lived and died. The limits of human longevity won't be found by looking at individuals, he believes, but by examining super long-lived people collectively. It's a statistical puzzle to crack it. You need to know exactly how many people died at age 111, 112, 113, and so on to work out the likelihood that a super centenarian won't make it to their next birthday. Now, I might pause there for a minute and ask you this, Damo. I don't mind that Rabin wants to put the super centenarians into a group and study them, but I think the fact that he's studying them by birth and death certificate rather than lifestyle factors is the complete wrong way to go about identifying our chances for living a long life. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I I think what's trying to happen here is people, Gene is trying to science nature. He's trying to um, use the science of mathematics to explain how nature might play out. Um, and, 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 and when you're using maths and when you're using science, you can only ever be retrospective. And you can use predictors. There's no doubt about it. It's sexy. But, predictors are fun, aren't they? Yeah. Predict, predict be a future yeah. with data. Oh, mate, at this point in time, I've got Richmond knocking off Melbourne in the semifinals to then go and play Collingwood in the grand final. And then we're going to win by 36 points. That's my predictor. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the science based on the mathematical algorithms and the AI can actually yeah. make yeah. it happen. It could happen. It could happen and our percentage will be 113. So, <laughs> I, like, I can see where it's going to happen, I know. But what's really important to understand, and I think our listeners probably already get this, is that science doesn't doesn't give us answers per se. It gives us clues on how to ask better questions. So whenever I question science, and somebody goes, "What? What are you talking about? Don't you believe in science? Are you, uh, you know, are you a hippie? Are you anti-science?" I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm not." Like, I you're a conspiracy science. theorist. Yeah, you're a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. I'm not a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. What I'm doing is I'm asking <laughs> better questions, which is what the scientists are meant to do in the first place. Mm. So the whole idea of science is to ask better questions. And I loved it. I, I think I brought this up once before. I was driving along to go visit my grandfather way before he died when he was living in his home in Stockdale Avenue in Clayton and I was I was crossing Wellington Road and Princess Highway you know that massive big intersection at Wellington Road yes. Princess Highway crossing there and there was a sign a big banner at the front of Monash University and and it said on it science is meant to help us ask better questions that's what the big and, and it said come and come and ask better questions at our science open day Monash University. And I was like, yes, that is exactly true. Science is meant to help us ask better questions. And then we've just been through periods or a period where the science gave us data, which was interpreted as fact and truth, which meant 
extent that decisions were made that were false, inaccurate, and dangerous. And we're, you know, we're now coming out of that. And this is where I think that maybe Gene might end up, is he's making assumptions that could be false because the questions that he's asking are limited. They're linear. And life and longevity is not linear. It's it's very it's colourful. Mm, oh, I love this. I love this. So um, this is, and, and hopefully it is triggering a few people just to ask better questions and not to just take so um, unconsciously the information that we get bombarded with because we're going to share with you another couple of paragraphs from this article which comes to an interesting conclusion. We both had a little giggle. Um, this is, I'll just read this, go back into audio book mode. In 1825, the British mathematician Benjamin Gompertz published one of the first attempts to calculate the limits of human longevity following this approach. Armed with birth and death records from Carlisle and Northampton, Gompertz calculated how someone's risk of dying changed as they got older. Gompertz found that after a person hit their late 20s, their risk of dying in the subsequent year kept on going up year after year. But at age 92, something curious happened. Their annual chance of death leveled off at 25% per year. This finding was odd. It suggested to Gompertz that there was no upper limit to human aging. Theoretically, he mused there was nothing in his data suggesting that humans couldn't live for many, many centuries, just like the lives of the patriarchs in the Bible. (laughs) So we like, we believe the science and then we come up with these views that will then live forever like the patriarchs in the Bible. But here's where I just get a little bit giggly because here's the next paragraph. Modern demographers have picked up where Gompertz left off, sometimes with surprising results. In 2016, Jan Vig and his colleagues at Albert Einstein College, that's almost got to be a faux pas, um, in New York, concluded that mortality rates past the age of 100 start to rise rapidly putting a cap on human lifespan of around 125 years. Two years later, another group of demographers, this time uh, led by Elisabetta Barbie at Sapienza University in Rome, came to the opposite conclusion. She argued that human death rates increase exponentially up until age 80, at which point they decelerate and then level off after age 105. Uh, Barbie's research raised the tantalizing prospect that there is no upper limit to human lifespan at all, just like Gompertz wanted. I'm like, <laughs> here we go again. Is it history repeating itself? It's great media. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love what you said earlier. There are a lot of colors in between this black and white. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I think is um is great about this is that it gives us some hope that you can be a super centenarian and that's it that's about it like so what this tells us is that there's people that now live there's a lot of people 570,000 people in the world are centenarians already and so we need to change the goalposts it's not now just good enough to live to 100 in fact what they say is that we should be able to live to somewhere else and maybe what we should be saying is okay let's aim for 110 mm. let's go an extra 10% let's add gst to the 100 and get to 110 and uh, and that would then see us living closer to our human potential well, you know what's interesting? I, I could be wrong here because I'm just doing a very quick Google search, which is a really great way to get things wrong. Um, <laughs> says uh, validated living worldwide supercentenarians 
113 plus. It couldn't. Uh, it says. I think it was almost going to say that there are 22. Um, I feel like mm. there's more people that are 110 right now than. Oh, there's probably one just around the corner in Mullumbimby. I would have oh, to say they're bound to be. Uh, bound to be some here in Melbourne. I want to find out how many super centenarians are around the world. It says. Well, one of the again, quick Google search. Some it, uh, some 1,500 people are super centenarians. In what, one in, in a thousand people who reach the age of 100 live on to 110. Right. So if there's 570,000 centenarians, yeah. Anyway, I can't do the maths that quickly. Well, it's, um, point, it's it's point oh one of a percent of that. So it's that should be 57,000 people. No, it'd be 5,700. 5, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's go with that. Um, mm. So there's a new stat. There you go. Um, on yeah. the fly. No research needed. No <laughs> funding required. <laughs> nah. no, um, no grant by the NHMRC. But but I, I think what, what you and I are big on is that who really wants to get to 110 if you don't have any quality of life, if your nutrition's yeah. poor, if you, if you hate your family and they hate yeah. you, yeah. Um, if you if you're just stuck in a three meter by three meter room, lucky if you've got that much space, you know, you got no money, you got you got no quality, you know, independence and choices, you know, you got no friends, all of that. Are you muted or is it me? Sorry. Well, I was muted, but I was going to ask Siri how many days until we fly to Ikaria. But you saw my lips moving and thought that I was trying to come in and I was muted. So that kind of backfired. I was going to say, hey, Piercy, guess what? It's only this many days. But I'll tell you what, we are down to maybe five weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's five weeks. I think it was five. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think it might be five weeks on Friday or it might be four weeks on Friday. Gee whiz, that's yeah. a scary thought. Yeah, five it's weeks. It's really four weeks. That's incredible. Isn't it? It's amazing. It's got to be five weeks. So that's amazing. But um, I wonder whether or not they've ever considered the chances of them living to 110 um, in Ikaria. And it's highly likely they haven't. And I th- and this is where I'd like everyone to kind of oh, stay. Oh, 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 oh sorry, sorry, sorry. You keep talking, then I've got to talk to you about this. Yep. Okay, cool, cool. I'd like everyone just to kind of continue to stay the course because there's got to be a template to living a long time. It can't all be down to chance. And so the template to living a long time, to, you know, live – an amazing life um, has to come down to the values of your life and and the the, the way in which you want to live your life um, is determined by your choices and I would I I believe that your choices will determine your longevity and whether or not we've got it right will remain to be seen PC but I don't, yeah, I, that's right I, I honestly don't believe it comes down to chance yep and and where are they going to be um all right or all wrong, or, yeah. or maybe you may be somewhere in the middle. But I, I'm so sorry, I have not told you of this remarkable 112 year old Ikadian who we never had the chance to meet because she was always in Athens visiting family. Yeah. Um, and I'm so sorry I haven't told you this. I'm telling you live on a podcast because I spoke mm. to Sarah about this. Mm. So, Joanna Prio, and I may have pronounced it incorrectly, dubbed the Queen of Loom Weaving who passed down to generations the art of traditional weaving in Ikaria, passed away on Wednesday, April 4 or 5, age 112. Now, Joanna Damo lived in Arajes, the really? village that we visit every year. Yeah. And every year I'm like, Taya, can we go see Joanna? 
And I'd love to buy, I'd just love to buy one of these looms and actually bring it home and, you know, just, and it was always closed because she was always visiting family. She had this quality of life up until the day she died. Um, but the thing about it is, and you and, and this is what got me thinking when you mentioned this, is that for them, they they just carry on. Like we're so into the novelty of aging well, but on this entire Greek island, it's just something that you do. It's not something that necessarily stands out. Um I think we need to dedicate a whole a whole episode to Joanna. I think before we fly, we actually need to interview Thea before we come over um, and talk about Joanna and maybe, maybe this concept of not just super centenarianism, but just aging without fanfare because we are, you know, to do it well is does create fanfare. I always remember Charles Eugster, who's no longer with us. Yeah. He was always like, when he was chatting to us, he was like, and he was like the fastest man over 95 you know, mm-hmm. 200 meters. But he's like, it's kind of a bit sad, don't you think, that aging well is so newsworthy because so many people don't do it, mm. don't age well, that mm. the graceful ages are clickbait. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's great. Good. That's, that's a great, interesting, you know, conversation. It's all this. Yeah, it's a, that's a great perspective. We are celebrating. We're celebrating what should actually be the norm. Mm. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. There's mystery in how people live a long time because not many people do. And our and our job and part of our mission at 100 Not Out is to is you know and it's something that we won't ever live to see, but it is to make aging gracefully more normal, and to raise the self esteem around getting older, and to look forward to the future with uh, an inspiration and a joy that that each individual has cultivated through their family relationships, their social engagements, their physical vitality, their love of doing what they do. Um, and that's what you know. This podcast is has been about for ten plus years, and will continue to shine a light on. Yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good, good chat there, Piercy. Good, yeah. great chat, Piercy. And uh, what a shame uh, that we don't get a chance to meet Joanna. But you know how incredible is that for a life? And uh, mm, very sounds, cool. But we incredible. will be meeting other super centenarians that's right that's right and um you did let the cat out of the bag last week and we don't have this anywhere on the website so please don't pressure us for details yet but we have had a little internal meeting and damo and i are committing within our heart and souls to go to ikaria in 2024 and to add maybe something else. Did you mention the other place? Yeah, Sardinia. I said so, yeah. And, Sardinia. <laughs> and I've got to talk to you after we record because we need yeah. to book in a meeting with Evo before yes. we fly over to okay. have a chat about our Sardinian bromantic escape, which you and Ooh. I are going to quietly go on this year for a little record. We might call that Sabro. <laughs> As a code name, uh, Operation Sabro. Operation Sabro. I love it. I love it. To everyone that's been listening to today's podcast, and hundreds of previous ones. Thank you for your support. If you're new, Damien Christoph is the world's greatest chiropractor and naturopath. You can find him down at Vita Lifestyles in Sandringham. Myself, Marcus Pierce, longevity coach. You can find me. The world's greatest uh, longevity coach. <laughs> for sure. MarcusPierce.com.au, DamoDamienChristoph.com. Uh, for everything we do in Europe, head on over to 100notout.com. And uh, until next week, as always, continue 
to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.